Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. In the first chapters of Romans, the Apostle Paul begins by establishing man's pitiful and sinful condition, almost as though he is proving to all mankind the need for redemption. Ephesians, however, another letter written by the Apostle Paul, also speaks of redemption in the first chapter, but from an entirely different perspective. This time, it's from the perspective of God and how he sees us and our need for redemption from the heavenlies. Listen to the marvelous way in which it's presented in Ephesians chapter 1. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blemish before him in love, predestinating us unto sonship through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace with which he graced us in the beloved, in whom we have redemption, through his blood, the forgiveness of offenses according to the riches of his grace. What an uplifted view of this matter of redemption we have in Ephesians. Francis Paul is here to enjoy it with me and all of you listening. Francis, welcome back to the program. And I really intend to enjoy this. And at the outset, I would say, at the end of this message, you'll hear how to get this written message, and I would really encourage you to do so, yes. because this brings us a view that I don't think people would ordinarily think of yes. and not realize it really is in Ephesians. Some of the great writings, really, in all of uh, the history of Christian writing have been devoted to this topic of redemption, many marvelous expositions of Romans, and of course we've had our life study of Romans, But uh, and Romans is a book that I think people associate with redemption quite readily. Uh, but the presentation here in Ephesians must be the highest, Francis, don't you think? I believe it is the highest, and I really enjoy this book more than any other book in the New Testament. But I know uh, many have said that uh, revival always comes after a study of Romans, but I think a real deep revival will come after the real infusing of the book of Ephesians. Well, many of Paul's epistles and other writings are dealing with uh, practical issues and problems that confront Christians on a daily basis. Uh, and those are most often what we hear discussed even from the pulpit on Sunday morning and, uh, and other radio programs. But when we touch Ephesians, we're coming at the whole matter of God's eternal purpose from his perspective, his point of view. It's really not an earthly book. We're touching the heavenly things here. And uh, to see redemption in this light is something that I think will be... Uh, a real enlightenment and enjoyment and treat for all of our listeners. I'm looking forward to this very much. Let me just repeat a couple of these phrases again as we get ready for Witness Lee in our first segment. With which he graced us in the beloved, in whom we have redemption, through his blood, the forgiveness of offenses according to the riches of his grace. Here's Witness Lee. From verse 7 through verse 12, you have... 
one thing covered, the sin's redemption. The sin's redemption is just the accomplishment of the Father's eternal purpose. Now, verse 7, in whom, whom refers to the beloved. In verse 6, we all have been made the object of God's favor. We have been positioned into God's grace in the beloved. Then, verse 7 says, in whom? We have been redeemed in the one in whom God delights. Redemption is not a pitiful thing. Redemption, in God the Father's eyes, is a delightful thing. So, we have redemption through His blood. Whose blood? The beloved blood. The beloved, God's beloved, shed his blood on the cross for our redemption. And this redemption is just the forgiveness of offenses. You see, in chapter 1, we have a delightful story, not a pitiful story. So, the record doesn't say forgiveness of sins, but forgiveness of offenses. Just little mistakes. The good boys, girls, before the eyes of the living father, they just made some mistakes. Even these offenses still need the redemption. And the blood of the beloved Son of God shed on the cross is just for this forgiveness. If there is no blood, there's no remission of sins. So, still, there is the need of the blood. You know, Francis, at the beginning of the program today, we referred to Paul's presentation of sin and man's condition in Romans, and there it's almost hard to read in places because he's touching many of the vile and awful things uh, making this case really for our benefit, to us, to convince us. But here, he's coming from God's perspective, and so it's just the forgiveness of offenses. Still the need for blood, still re- redemption, but the blood of his beloved. So yeah. this is a delightful thing for God. What a, what, a, what a way to view it. We surely are lifted up to a high level to get this view. This is really a marvelous view to see that God has an eternal purpose you know, we've covered this already in a previous message, but mm-hmm. God's eternal purpose has uh, God's viewpoint and what he wants to accomplish, why he created and why what he's doing. So it really is marvelous to get the viewpoint from God's perspective instead of just from ours. This book is showing at the very beginning God's eternal plan, that is, his eternal economy, That's what's in view in this book, in this chapter particularly. In this plan, God created man, but man got fallen. So redemption became a necessary point because God is righteous. Not only he is love, but he is also righteous. So he must judge all unrighteousness. Even offenses have to be judged. So his beloved son had to go to the cross and accomplish full redemption 
according to God's righteousness for God's chosen ones. You know, when we consider uh, redemption, uh, particularly as it's presented in Romans, as we've been talking, and, and some of the other books, I think it's easy to come away with the view that it's probably most commonly held that the point of redemption is to get us to the state where we can go to heaven or, uh, you know, have our eternal situation secured. But here in this book, where it's all, as you just pointed out, related to God's eternal purpose and plan, it is presented in this light of being procedural, a step in the process to, right. to really to bring us to the point not just to be saved and go to heaven, but where God can now come in to accomplish right. his uh, further purpose and, uh, and, and plan. That's really the point in this redemption in this view, because God has an eternal plan, and how to work this out is what Christ is doing. He is actually working out God's eternal plan by accomplishing redemption. Near the end of his speaking, Francis, he pointed out that if there is no blood, there is no releasing from sin. So there's still the need of the blood. Of course, the Old Testament uh, had blood, but in that case, it was the blood of animals. And in Hebrews, uh, it says, For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. In a sense, uh, the blood in the Old Testament had a kind of a temporary covering of sins so that God was able to continue to interact with his people. The taking away of sins, the full effect of redemption, could only be accomplished through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we read earlier, we're going to touch in this coming portion, a redemption leading to the forgiveness of offenses according to the riches of his grace. And that's what we want to focus on now to see how grace enters into redemption. Amen. Let's go back to Witness Lee. The riches of God's grace were needed for the accomplishment of redemption. Why so many riches of God's grace needed for the accomplishment of redemption? Was it easy for God to redeem us? It was altogether not so easy. The Bible says... No shedding of blood, no forgiveness of sin. And the Bible says the blood of the animals just does not work. The blood of the animals is just kind of a shadow. There must be another kind of blood, a higher blood, a blood of a higher life, which is altogether sinless. Could you find such a blood among the human race? No, because everyone among the human race is sinful. So there's no sinless blood. There's the need of one to be sinless. That his blood could be perfect and could be sinless. Number one. Number two, God's children ones are many. God's children ones are millions. Then, if you are going to offer a sin offering for your sin, you offer one, and I offer one, we all offer one, how many millions sin offerings we need. Have you ever thought about it? Jesus Christ, the only one person offered to the altar, became the sin offering for millions. There is not only the requirement of a sinless, perfect blood, 
but also there is the requirement of an all-inclusive blood. A blood that could serve millions of God to the mother. Francis, we're just beginning this topic of uh, the riches of his grace and how much grace is involved with and how many of the riches of his grace are involved with redemption. But here we see that the kind of redemption uh, that God sees from his point of view, this delightful redemption, the beloved blood of his beloved son, uh, required some very high things. It had to, first of all, be sinless, and it had to be a blood that could be offered once for all. That really sets it apart from any other opportunity or any other possibility, doesn't it? That is the, really the marvel of this book because it brings in such a deep realization that the blood of Jesus Christ is that sinless blood that could answer the problem for every sinner, every man. So this uh, opening up of this grace that provided such a one that could be uh, grace to us. And when you consider what it took for the Lord to produce uh, one who would be competent, who would be the adequate one to really be the sin offering for the millions that he mentioned. There must be one who is not only a perfect man, but he also has a divine element, an eternal element. So here we see how this wonderful person was produced to be the one that could take away the sins of the world. It wasn't a small thing for God himself as the Spirit to come into a virgin womb and produce the incarnation of God himself in a human being. So this one had much grace through that period of nine months in that virgin womb before he came forth in incarnation. And then if you trace the uh, life of this one, everywhere he was just grace. He was the experience of grace. Yes. Grace was just uh, God's way of taking him through every one of these stages. Though he was so much here for the benefit of man, yet the man he came to benefit opposed him so much, turned away from him, even eventually arrested him and crucified him. All this took a lot of grace for the Lord to go through such a thing and still be the sinless one the one that had no sin whatsoever, and he could shed sinless blood for the redemption of all the offenders. Mm. And uh, as we learn in Romans, of the sinners in a very negative way. But here it's not that negative. It's just the offenses that have been caused uh, by our disobedience and our uh, small mistakes and things like this. Everything, because of the righteousness of God, had to be answered by the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ is the only means by which God had to carry out his plan. So in this portion of this book, this chapter, we particularly see that the Son's work is the carrying out of the redemption of Christ. You know, you talked about uh, his coming even into the womb uh, being associated with the production or the producing of this blood. This spotless, sinless, perfect, delightful blood that would be useful uh, for this kind of redemption. In the printed life study message, you referred to those a moment ago, Witness Lee makes the point that in creating the universe, all God needed to do was just speak. Just a word and brought forth light. Uh, Another word and brought forth the dry land. 
just a matter of his speaking. Right. But to create this blood, it took him 33 and a half years, preceded by nine months in the womb of a virgin. Uh, so not so easy even for God to come up with blood that would satisfy this requirement, was it? That's right. That's the marvel of this wonderful person, Jesus Christ. He had the blood that was perfect, sinless, and it could be offered for the sins of all men because of his who he is. And he was the one that had experienced all this grace that produced such a redemption that was possible for God's plan to be carried out. Well, we're talking about the redemption that is according to the riches of his grace, and that will be our topic also in our final segment. Let's go back to Witness Lee. You just consider how the Savior, the Lord Jesus, was conceived. There was the need to prepare a Mary, a virgin, and there was the need that the Holy Spirit came to visit this virgin. We just cannot tell how the Holy Spirit got into this virgin to cause a conceiving there. Here, much, much grace was needed. How could the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, come to visit a virgin and to cause a conceiving there? And a child was produced out of that. Jesus was there at the pregnancy in the little womb for nine months. How much grace was needed. Not only so, the delivery. And then on the eighth day, she was presented to God and circumcised. And he lived there till he was 12 years of age. And he became a carpenter until he was 30 years of age. You just can't. What grace there. I will ask you, who was he? Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, Jehovah the Savior. He was there doing carpentry for 18 years. Then he came out to his ministry, and he was on his ministry for three and a half years. What a need there. He was there for the sinners, yet the sinners opposed him. Yet the sinners persecuted him. And eventually, he was betrayed by one of his twelve apostles. And he was arrested for grace. And he was nailed on the cross. And he stayed on the cross for six hours. You just think how much grace was needed there. He died on the cross. He died there for our sins on our behalf. Then he was buried. And then he was resurrected. And then he went into the heavens to receive the repentance and the forgiveness for us. Now, we can repent and we can have the forgiveness because... This is according to the riches of His grace. You know, Francis, I think one of the things that uh, we often lose sight of is the fact that this man, Jesus, was God. Mm -hmm. And he was willingly accepting the limitation of 
humanity. Yeah. He had to experience even those months in the womb. That's God there. Mm. And then he experienced being a child under the authority of his parents and their training. And so I think his point here, how much grace was needed for him as a man, but yet being God to go through all of these things. And then, of course, all of the suffering associated with uh, the crucifixion. So when we have a phrase now that says his redemption is according to the riches of his grace, it takes on a deep significance, doesn't it? It certainly does. I've never even thought of such a thing before I heard this message. Yeah. When uh, Brother Lee opened this up in his training, this was a new light to see that Christ himself was experiencing such grace, that God's grace was really the uh, the supply, the means by which our redemption could be accomplished. So it's according to his grace that we have redemption. It's not only that uh, redemption was uh, worked out, but this is working out God's plan. And the necessary thing there was to provide redemption for God's chosen ones. Now, to have that done, we had to have one who was absolutely yes. capable and uh, sufficient in the shedding of innocent, sinless blood. But he went through all this experience right. by grace. By grace. So it's according to this grace that we are redeemed. God has an eternal plan. In order to fulfill that plan, there must be the redemption of those who are guilty of offenses. And uh, Christ's blood was shed for that so we could be redeemed. And uh, that redemption is applied to us. And through that application of redemption, we are forgiven. The moment we believe in Christ... We have forgiveness based upon this redemption. Isn't that wonderful? That we could experience all that's been accomplished by Christ in those 33 and a half years plus the nine months that you mentioned. All of that has taken uh, grace upon grace until this could be fully supplied to us. So just by believing in him, mm-hmm. this wonderful redemption is applied to us, and that is forgiveness. You said new light. I will use that term also. I think previously our understanding is that, well, redemption now prepares us to begin to experience grace or entitles us to grace. But actually, redemption was produced out of grace, comes with grace, and is grace coming to us. Right. Uh, and so, of course, we just enter into the enjoyment and experience of God as grace. And by grace, we're talking about Really, practically, God being enjoyed in our experience, aren't we? And not just this notion of unmerited favor, which is an aspect, but certainly not the total of grace. Absolutely, it's not the total of grace. It's what I heard. They used the letter G-R-A-C-E to uh, try to define grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. But it's much, much more than that. He himself is grace. And he experienced all this grace of God by all these experiences in his human living so that he was the sinless one who could be offered as the sin offering for all men, so that we could all say we are saved by grace. Amen. This is too wonderful. I just hope people could get this written message because there's so much in there we cannot cover today. Yeah, that is really true. This is a very, very rich message, and uh, we do hope you'll get it. It's a three-volume set that we are offering, uh, and if you'll contact us, we would love to give you information on how you can receive it. Uh, it's one eight 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 life study the toll-free number, one eight 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 five four three three seven eight eight. If you write to us, write Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. 
And we also would invite you to send us email, and that's simply radio at lsm.org. We've been getting some wonderful emails uh, of your enjoyment of uh, the life study we recently completed in Deuteronomy, a book that was hidden, I think, to many people and really opened up so marvelously. And we really pray that the riches uh, in the book of Ephesians are being opened up and will be opened up in an equally marvelous way in the in the weeks and months ahead. And I'll remind you today of our uh, website, which is called www.lifestudy.com. That's our radio website. has all of our past radio programs. And so we invite you to uh, visit that site, lifestudy.com, and uh, enjoy those programs. We'll be back tomorrow with another Life Study from the book of Ephesians. And Brother Francis, uh, Lord willing, you'll be back with us for many more of these coming programs as we have quite a journey before us. I look forward to that because I really do enjoy this book. And for Francis Ball, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. Bye-bye. Are you enjoying this program online or on a smartphone right now? Did you know there's much more from Living Stream Ministry that you can carry with you? Go to lsm.org slash ePublications to discover all that we have available for your tablet, e-reader, or smartphone. We support Kindle, Nook, iSilo, and ePub formats, which means you can read this ministry on any PC, Mac, Android, Palm, Blackberry, Sony, or Linux device. Everything from the recovery version of the Bible to the complete life study messages and a vast array of other titles by Witness Lee and Watchman Nee are now just a touch away. The Word of God is rich and weighty, but now you can take it with you wherever you go. Again, the website, lsm.org slash ePublications. Thanks for listening today.